Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And we are live here on the MMA Industry Podcast. What is today? June 21st edition. And I am your host, James Lynch, as always. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, you know, we had John Anik last week. This week I wanted to get uh, one of the top managers in the mixed martial arts game. And uh, you don't see him too much uh, in, in the forefront there, but he is doing some amazing work behind the scenes with some of his fighters. Of course, I'm talking about the CEO of Iridium Sports, and he is also a NFLPA certified agent. I'm talking about Jason House here on the program. Jason, how are you today? Doing good, sir. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And, uh, you know, we were joking off air. Uh, you know, I found this was one of the weeks where I could actually get you when you were at home because you travel <laughs> yeah. all the time. Uh, anyone who follows, uh, you know, Iridium Sports on Instagram or anything, you're, you're there with all your fighters. Like you'll go to all the different destinations. Um, you know, how is that, you know, trying to balance, uh, you know, the day-to-day life and, and traveling as much as you do? Uh, it, it actually works out pretty well. I mean, we have a, a great team be- behind me with, with, with Jeremy and Jacob and Ed. So they really... Uh, do a great job, you know, behind the scenes to allow me to be there for the clients. You know, I really feel uh, fight weeks, run, it's really overlooked a lot of times. It's really important to be there. You never know what little small issues may arise. So, you know, we really try to be there for our clients so that they have us at, at their beck and call, basically. And just so people know, Jason manages, uh, you know, a ton of clients, uh, you know, not just in the UFC or Bellator, but also on the regional scene as well. Uh, that's one of the things I like about you, actually, is that, you know, some managers will only work with top guys, but you you like to, you know, groom fighters and, and get them to that next level. But just some of the clients just off the top here, Brent Primus, Bellator champ, Eric Anders, Andre Feely, um, you know, just a really good array of fighters, a, a diversity of fighters, too, which I think is uh, really interesting as well. Um, now, I usually start the show off, uh, and I'll start it off this way here, too, is uh, the first time you and I I actually met and you and I have met in person uh, I don't know if you'll remember this so UFC 210 in Buffalo I yeah. uh, I had just started working with Iridium because uh, Ed Cap, who I've had yep. here on the show before yep. he, uh, he he had just started uh, you know getting me to work with you and I remember we were at I'm trying to remember which hotel it was, it was the fighter hotel so yep. we're waiting 
I think it was raining or something. And uh, you were just, you're sitting out there and I, I knew what you looked like, obviously from social media. And I was like, I got to go introduce myself to this guy. Cause I knew <laughs> we were working together and all that. And it was, yeah. uh, I, I know it was a short conversation. Cause again, I know you had stuff to do and I did as well, but uh, I remember having that conversation there, but then it wasn't until a few months later at uh, Bellator NYC, we actually got to do that first interview together. And uh, that was, uh, that was really cool, you know, cause uh, it's not often uh, you and I are at the same event. So it was uh, kind of neat that it, it worked out that way. So that Heck was yeah. awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning, Jason. Uh, as far as mixed martial arts coming onto your radar, when did that start? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I just uh, had finished playing college baseball at the University okay. of Laverne. I was starting to go to law school at, at Whittier Law School in Costa Mesa. And uh, I was just looking for something to kind of, you know, I miss the camaraderie that you have being a part of a team and training every day. Uh, so I had signed up to start doing jiu-jitsu at, at Team Oyama in Irvine, California. Um, and just, you know, spending time with my coach, Shiva Santana, and, and Colin Oyama, uh, really just became very passionate about the sport. You know, not many people know, but Colin Oyama actually went to law school. And, you know, so we kind of had a lot in common there, you know, and they, they really were huge mentors to me. And, uh, you know, I knew at that point in time, like, man, I really wanted to be in this field, in this industry. Very interesting. Okay. So that, that's where it started. Now, as far as being a fan of the sport, was that before you started training or did that come after? Uh, to be honest with you, I really uh, started taking notice of the sport, uh, you know, like when the tap out show was coming on. Oh, no, I love that show. On. Man, yes, I wish they had that yes. going on. It was it was huge. I remember the exact time I saw it. It was uh, I was at uh, Lawrence Welk a re- a Resort. Um, and I was up late last night, uh, one night with my younger brother and we were just flipping through channels. And I remember just watching the show going like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? I'd, I'd grown up and you know, I wrestled in high school. So I, you know, I, I, it wasn't foreign to me. Like seeing it was like, man, this, this is amazing. Like I, I, man, I want to get involved with this. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Tap Out, the show was basically where, uh, you know, uh, Punk Ass, Scrape and uh, Mask, who unfortunately uh, passed away, uh, were, were doing the show where they would find like the next fighter to sign and sponsor to Tap Out. And Tap Out was yeah. the yeah. brand back in the day. Like think of Reebok now. Tap Out was that back in the day as far as, uh, you know, for, for those who didn't watch the sport back then. And so they would go and they'd film an episode and they'd, they'd talk to a coach and they'd say, hey, you know, uh, who's someone we should keep an eye on? And I remember they had one with Cowboy Cerrone of all yep. people. And that, that, uh, was you know, actually the, that was actually the first one that I had saw. Okay. Cowboys for anyone. I'm everything like two Cowboys in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they had some really interesting. I actually would love to go back and see which fighters they had on there just to see where they, where they sort of ended up. But it, it, yeah. It's funny so, you say I started interrupted. Like uh, I just bought it off Amazon. I bought Oh, the they whole, have it. They have the series. They, they interesting. have the whole disc set on Amazon. And, and I was watching it the other day and my fiance was like, what are you watching? And I'm like, <laughs> man, like this is what got me into the sport. This, this show was like, I loved it. I, I, I waited every week for it. Okay. Well, I'm definitely logging on to Amazon after that. I got the Prime membership, so I'll be uh, trying to get the, the same day delivery on that one. But no, that, that's very interesting. So, so you know, we talked about, you know, obviously you training and everything. And, and you kind of referenced it there, uh, your background as far as schooling. I, so you went to law school? Yep. I went to law school, uh, graduated in 2009. And at the time, I was uh, I was working for a construction defect firm. And uh, I just really wasn't liking it. I remember going to my father and kind of just telling my dad, like, man, I don't know if I could do this for 30 years, you know, and it mm-hmm. was kind of a scary moment, you know, you're six, seven years of, of, you know, education in and you're like, this is probably not what I want to do. Uh, I had spent time at the district attorney's office, but they were on a hiring freeze. They told me they couldn't hire me till one year after I graduated. Um, and so at that point, I just I'd spoken to my dad. And I just said, hey, I'd like to try my hand at this. And he was like, you know what, I'll, I'll loan you 2000 bucks, form the LLC, move back home. Uh, get a job at Outback Steakhouse, surf tables at night and work as an agent during the day. And, uh, you know, if it takes off, 
great. If not, at least, you know, you tried, son. So he was really a big supporter of me. And he really believed that I should go for this, where I think most parents might have been like, hey, take the law firm job, it's yeah. safe, pay off the law school debt. He was more like, no, no, no. If you, he could see how much I loved it. He was like, you need to really try your hand at this. That's awesome. And I'm sure he's getting some good Father's Day gifts uh, after that uh, for, for, for helping you with that decision. That, that was is, pretty good. He is. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, so you're working at Outback and then you're doing this, uh, you know, early yeah. on, like how many hours are you working a week? Because, uh, you know, it's funny, I hear this all the time with anyone I talk to on the show where it's, you know, they had that day job and they're trying to do this on the side. And then it, you know, sort of builds up into what would become their career. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot, a lot of hours in those, in those early days. I mean, it still is. Yeah. But th- those days, I mean, I remember hiding in the in the freezer of, of Outback trying to close a fight deal or hiding in the bathroom <laughs> nice. trying, to, trying to close deals in between serving tables and really just trying to get, you know, any kind of capital to, to, to fund the company. You're, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul at that, at that point in time, you know. Okay. But uh, it's funny. I, I look back at those times now and, and it's some of the funnest times of my life. You know, I'll never forget Punk Ass once told me when I was at his office, you know, it's like he's like getting to the part getting to the top is the fun part, you know, staying there is the hard part. And I, and he kind of told me to really enjoy the journey, not to, you know, not to rush past those days. And I, I really enjoyed them actually. So I know when you start off, uh, you need some guidance. Uh, who's yeah. your mentors uh, back in the day? Who is someone that you would, you know, sort of talk to about, Hey, is, am I doing this yeah. right? Or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, from the business side point, it was my father. My dad uh, is, is a retired uh, deputy, his deputy sheriff in LA County. But before then, he had actually uh, owned his own company installing Coke machines at all McDonald's. So during like the whole McDonald's boom in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, he would be installing all the Coke machines throughout Southern California. So he had a good experience with customer service, you know, bookkeeping, business. You know, he just had a really good mind for business. And he really guided me on that end. On the MMA side, you know, uh, Jiva and Colin uh, were just huge uh, mentors to me on that side. They They are two amazing people, you know, and I, I can never thank them enough for kind of guiding me down the right path in this, in this business and kind of showing me the ropes, you know, um, I'm Great. really forever grateful to them. Who's your first client? My first client was Laron Wilson. And okay. uh, it's kind of funny because Laron actually played football and ran track was a, tr- a national champion in track at the same college that I played baseball at. Ah, nice. So my strength coach at that college was his roommate in college while he was in college and he said hey i actually know a pro MMA fighter you know like let me give him a call but as a manager you can rep him so Laron was my first client uh he was the first fight i ever booked in cortez colorado for king of the cage and i think it was like may 23rd or 24th of 2009 and uh yeah he was the first one to give me a chance and i, I love him to death for it so what was the landscape like back then in terms of uh you know what was happening with uh you know just just fight cards and everything like that like what year is this uh, how far do we have to go back so this is uh, May of 2009 is when I really started oh, wow. getting get to it. Yeah, yeah. The landscape back then was <laughs> a lot, a lot different. You know, uh, he's still doing a lot of sponsorships for shorts and stuff of that nature, and uh, you know, different promotions, uh, regional promotions were, were around at that time. Um, you know, and for me, I was just trying to grow my grow my clientele. So for me, I was taking care of Laurent, who ended up, you know, I feel like because I did a good job with him and took care of him, he was very loyal to me. I mean, he still says day. Uh, you know, he was able to tell his teammates, Hey, you know, Jason's a good person. You know, you get one person to vouch for you goes a long way. You know, Colin Oyama really obviously helped me a lot because, because I was from that gym and training at that gym, you know, he trusted me to work with, you know, Ian McCall and Jiva Santana and Shane De Rosario, And he really helped to, to grow my, my roster and to put me in a position to be successful. 
So are you and Jeremy uh, Lunchow, who uh, you know you, you referenced there a little bit, are you guys starting together at the very beginning or did he come on a bit later? Uh, Jeremy came on, I believe, around 2011, 2012, maybe 2012. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's my best friend. I love him to death. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. I've, I've had a chance to interview him as well. Uh, just a you yeah. know, really great guy. Um, so what was the point, I guess, just uh, like, like what, what uh, brought you to that decision to have a partner in this? Uh, you know, uh, we were, we were, I was growing the company, you know, and uh, he just had a, a real good, in, you know, sense for business. He's, you know, he knows industry better than anyone, I feel like. He's been in the game for so long, promoted so many shows, matchmaked so many shows. So it came to a point I was just like, hey, you know, do you want to, do you want to come on board and, and help me with this? Um, you know, because we kind of have the same mentality, you know, for me, uh, you know, starting on my own, not having any investments on, you know, only from where my father was helping me with. You know, uh, we, I needed to grow talent. You know, I needed to be at the at the grassroots level if I was going to be successful in this game. And I realized that early on. So Jeremy did a great job with, with me to help develop talent. You know, I, I, I feel part of the the best joy is in, in the sport come from the process. You know, the results are great, but the process is where the fun and the and the passion's at. You know, developing a fighter, getting him the right fights, you know, getting him to the, to the top regional shows and then taking him on to the UFC or Bellator, one of these top level shows. You know, that's that's the joy in this, you know. So we, we talked about the landscape back then in terms of the events and the fighters and everything like that. What about the managers? You know, the, the management game is a lot different now. We, you know, yeah. you have your agency, you know, you have dominance, you have first round, uh, you have sucker punch. I mean, there's a lot of uh, well-known, uh, very visible management companies. But back then, I mean, I imagine, you know, the one that sort of I remember uh, was Monty Cox uh, that was yes. sort of managing a lot of the fighters. Who were some of the other notable managers at the time when you were starting? Monty was one of the the big ones. I believe Malky was still, you know, I think he was going going strong back then or kind of gained steam uh, with first-round management. Uh, I believe Brian Butler from Sucker Punch, I think he started around the same time as well. I think he was uh, 2009, I believe, is when he started. Um, uh, I remember Ken Pavia from an agency. Ken Pavia, yep. yep, That's another name. Yep, I actually uh, interned for a little bit uh, with that agency for a while before I decided to go on my own. Um, But, yeah, I think those were kind of the the players in the game um, back then. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, you know, Monty was great because I remember calling him a few times out of the blue. He didn't know who I was. I mean, I was a, and, uh, he took the time to really, uh, you know, give me some great advice and kind of mentor me a little bit too. I, I really appreciate that, that he was willing to help, uh, lending hand to someone that, you know, I was a nobody. He didn't know what I was going to become, uh, you know, and I really appreciate that. And for those who don't know, like Monty used to manage like all the Militich guys. And I think yeah. he managed like Rich, Rich Franklin, like, like basically what you're seeing now, uh, kind of with what, what you are with a lot of the Oyama fighters and, uh, you yeah. know, now like Ali with a lot of the extreme couture guys and things like that. Like, it's, it's interesting to see like back then, cause Militich was the camp. Like people always forget this, yep. like people talk about Jackson's and all these other camps now, but uh, Militich was like the camp that used to get so much airtime right. on USC broadcast. Go watch the old cards. You'll, you'll see them reference the Militich. Yeah, it was, it was, it's so crazy. Yeah, and so much talent like, there. So much talent there in mind. Monty did a great job of developing talent, and uh, you know I really uh, respected how he how he went about his business. Yeah. Um, so, what about uh, you know the challenges early on? Uh, you know, you talked about having to work you know another job. What about your social life? I'm sure you're not getting much uh, you know free time to go do other things that you'd like to do because this is your passion, right? I am amazed your social life. You, you don't you don't really have a social life outside of this sport. You know, um, I really don't think I've ever worked a day in my life in in, in this sport. You know, and, mm. you know I hate to say like you know, my job or my work, it's my, it's my career. I love it. 
And so, you know, I really enjoy those times, but I'd be lying to you, James, if I didn't tell you there's, there's a few points in, in that road where, you know, I, I was very discouraged or I, I thought about hanging it up, you know, st- starting from scratch and not, you know, having one or two clients and trying to build a base is, it could be very frustrating at times, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard when you see all your friends that are attorneys that you went to law school with being very successful, buying homes, driving nice cars, you know, and I'm living at home with my parents with a Hyundai with 250,000 miles on it, you know. <laughs> And really, if it wasn't for my for my pops and, and my and my mom, Beth, uh, you know, just really guiding me and and, uh, you know, encouraging me during those tough times, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I would have made it. You know, I think having having, a, you know, the fact that my, my mom and dad started their own company, I think that really helped. To, so I, they knew that this was normal. Right. They were able to say, hey, this is normal. These, these are all bumps of the road. It's not the end of the road. This is, this is what it's supposed to be like for you. Also early on, uh, you know, as you're doing this, uh, again, you, you don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, you have this vision of how you want things to go as far as, yeah. you know, the clients you're working with and everything like that. What was sort of your aha moment back in the day, you know, when you're first starting out where you're like, wow, this was huge for me. Like, like, was there anything that sort of stood out? Uh, the turning point in my career was in February of 2011. Um, okay. uh, I been emailing Sean Shelby about Ruben Durant for a while and, and Sean had hit me back and, and said there was an opening fight to Kei Muzugaki on the, I think it was like March 3rd, a card against, uh, in, or in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the breaking point. Like that, that was, you know, Ruben, uh, he, he was my four minute mile, you know, him staying loyal to me and signing with me and, and giving me that opportunity and, and breaking, we kind of broke through together, you know, I, I kind of feel like, and that kind of opened the door. Uh, for more, Ruben went out and fought a great fight. And I think it kind of, sh- you know, showed uh, the UFC that, you know, I had good talent. And, they, and, you know, I think your your first go is very important, you know. And, and he was a exemplary client. He did everything right, paperwork-wise, medical-wise, fight-wise. And that opened the door. And I think that year alone, I mean, the door started opening. I think uh, Eddie Yagen was next. Then it was Ian McCall and Shane Rosaro and Bob Green. And everyone just started, you know, kind of going through. And, and that was a huge moment for me uh, in my career. And you feel like that was the point where you started getting respect because I'm sure early on you had a lot of doors shut on you. Uh, you know, when you'd even, you know, get, get a phone call or, you know, you know, you know, sort of promote a fighter or whatever. Uh, how was that sort of the point for you where you felt like, hey, I kind of made it? Yes, yes, it, it definitely was. I can I can never thank Sean Shelby enough for that opportunity because I, I feel like uh, we were able to do things right, show that we're reliable and detailed. And I think that really opened the door. And I think, too, like uh, from a manager standpoint, if if you can get clients into the ufc it shows your other client you know it gives everyone confidence right okay mm-hmm. jason was able to get some build someone up and put him in the ufc that's a huge mm-hmm. moment that 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 brings a lot of confidence to the team and and kind of helps grow everything you know so let's go to present day right now i mentioned off the top you know you have a really busy schedule as far as traveling what about your day-to-day uh, just sort of on on a regular week that we're, we're you know like like this week's a good example you know you don't have yeah. a, a major event to go to what would your week look like generally uh, you know just starting from like day-to-day uh, when I'm not traveling, you mean? Yeah, when you're not traveling. So th- this would be like a week because, you know, you're not in Singapore for the UFC. Uh, a, a normal day for me right now is uh, I get up at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like to get up early, uh, you know, work out. I like to read a lot, get some emails out, and just kind of get a, a good start to the day, go train. Uh, Jiba has a 6.30 in the morning class I like to go to. I uh, mostly go to, you know, the OC fight doc, Dr. Kessler's, get some physical therapy done. I just had shoulder, uh, excuse me, I had surgery on my I saw that. back. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go here and get treatment. I'm actually here now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from there, it's really just meetings, appointments, seeing clients, staying in contact with clients. You know, I really try hard to contact as many clients a day, 
you know, uh, things are always happening and I like to, you know, stay in contact with them. I think communication is one of the biggest keys to being successful in management. I agree. Now, when you're traveling, uh, does Jeremy sort of pick up the ball sometimes when it comes to, you know, if you're on a flight or something like you guys? And I know Ed works with you as well. Is it yeah, just sort of a, yeah. a three-way kind of, uh, you know, t- uh, team effort to, to get things going? Yes. I mean, the, the, the best thing about this agency is, is, is our team. I, I love our team to death. Uh, you know, Jeremy does a phenomenal job of, of, of picking up the slack when, when I can't. And he does a great job on the regional scene, getting our guys fights in LFA and Tachi and all the, all the top shows out there. You know, Jacob does an amazing job with the marketing sponsors and, and Ed's, you know, he, as you know, he handles all the PR. So it kind of allows me to get on the road and be there with the clients. You know, I think we all have our roles and, and we all do a great job with that. So it helps a lot. I wanted to get this story out. It's not something I could really ask Ed too much, uh, but uh, Ed Cap, we've had him on the show before. He's the PR yes. guy that does stuff for you. And, and you know, he's, his name's been brought up a lot on the show. He, he is the best PR guy in this industry. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. I know there's a story of how he, how you ended up hiring him as far as him, you know, getting in touch with you for a while. Do you yeah. want to just tell that here? Yeah, he, he was hitting me up for about at least six months and his persistence was amazing because I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right next step. You know, you're kind of second guessing yourself. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made in, in the company. He's been such a, a pleasure to work with. All of our clients love him. They're always constantly texting me or calling me saying, you know, how, what a, how easy he is to work with, how he just kind of keeps their schedule on point and kind of manages all the PR. And, uh, you know, I, I always tell Ed all the time, like, man, I'm, I'm so glad you stayed on me. I'm so glad you were so persistent with me. And, uh, you know, that's part of one of the reasons why I went with him, too. I was like, man, this guy is persistent. I love this. I love his drive. I love his focus. I'm like, that's that's what we need on our team. Like, we, we need people to be that that hungry, that starving for success, you know. Is it difficult at all? Because, Ed, for those who don't know, Ed lives in Saskatchewan, Canada. You live in California. Is, uh, is the time change at all an issue? Or I guess you guys are all on the same schedule. No, no, no. We do uh, company calls, uh, you know, a couple times a week, Monday, Monday nights for sure. And, uh, you know, one thing I love about our team is they're, they're constantly next to their phones. You know, Ed's always very responsive. So is Jeremy and so is Jacob and so am I. So it makes things very easily for us to communicate and make sure everything's moving smoothly. So right now, uh, I don't know if you can give me an exact number, but how many clients do you actually have with Iridium right now? I believe we have about uh, 70 or 80. including. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into the football stuff in a sec. Cause that, yeah. that's obviously very interesting as well. But um, what do you look for in a client when you're looking to bring someone on? What is it? What are some of the characteristics that you like, or uh, what specifically are you looking for? We're, we're looking for, for high character people. When I, when I was young in my career, uh, I, I chased talent and talent only. And sometimes the, the problem with that is that your talent will take you places. Your character is, is not ready to go. Uh, so right now we're looking for high character guys. Cause I know that, you know, if they're high character, they're going to be working hard doing their part. We're going to be doing our part. So we're going to get to those places and we need to be ready, you know, for when those opportunities come, you know, both mentally and physically. And that's the most important thing. Uh, one thing I'm blessed is I feel like the culture of our agencies is the best it's ever been. Uh, we have such a strong team and, and family-like uh, nature here. I, I, it really means the world to me. I love when one of our clients wins and I get like at least 10 text messages from my clients. That That's awesome. That's what I love. You know, it's a unit, it's a team, it's a family. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm really one of the things I'm most proud about is, in, in my career is that is the culture that we built here. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Is, is there like a limit of how many clients you want or is that just sort of an open number just depending on, you know, how, how the workload's going? Uh, we constantly discuss that within the agency, you know, constantly making sure that, you know, that that threshold is, is right there. You know, we're growing, you know, uh, we're constantly, you know, bringing on uh, new interns and new people to you know, kind of grow this thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, you know, 
and ebb and flow, kind of see where, you know, growing at the right rate, you know, both, both internally as an agency and both with, with clientele. And I think right now, you know, we are doing a really good job with that. You know, we really stay in constant contact with our clients. And uh, we talked about it there briefly. Might as well get into it now. The, the NFL uh, stuff. I mean, you're a certified agent. How did you go become, first of all, a certified agent? And then we'll, we'll get into some of the clients you manage. Yeah, you know, uh, at the time, I just feel like there's no governing body right now over being an agent or a, or a manager, whatever you want to choose to call it, in MMA. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'm going to go out and, and go apply for my NFL license. You know, it's the, it's the hardest uh, accreditation to get in right now in sports management. So I wanted to do it. And it just so happened to be that one of the marketing firms we work with was, you know, they have some football players that they represent and they're kind of like, hey, Jason, some of our guys need help. You know, I think you'd be a great candidate for them. We love how you're hands on. And so kind of just was a good synergy there and it kind of worked out naturally. Excellent. And who are some of the NFL players that you currently manage? Uh, we have Isaiah Irving on the Chicago Bears. Uh, we have Josh Crockett, a receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. We have Alden Darby in the CFL and the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, oh, nice. Sargos. Yeah. That's where I'm from. I live in Toronto. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we have Stacey Thomas, who's a free agent. He's a rookie out of Louisville that we're uh, working on getting on a team right now. So Now, is the access for NFL different than the access for MMA? Because I see you in the locker room with MMA. I've seen you walk out and corner some clients, too. Um, do you, yeah. I, I imagine you don't have the same access with the NFL. Uh, it's different access. You know, mostly when I go to my clients' football games, they have me on the friends and family list. So I'm able to, you know, go down and see them after the game and stuff. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, I'll never forget my my first NFL game watching my my client play football. That was that was pretty awesome and pretty special. So. Uh, we got a question in the chat, and I, I kind of wanted to get to it because I think it's really important. And and you talked about your background, you know, being a law background. Um, do you feel like there is some any any sort of education that someone could get if they they wanted to be a manager? Is would you say law is the best way to go? I do believe uh, law is, is very good because, you know, a lot of it is contracts and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reviewing contracts, especially in the marketing endorsement side, making sure that you're negotiating the proper things for your client, you know, their likeness, their image and all that good stuff. Um, so I, I definitely think that helps. I think any type of business background helps as well, you know, and I think communication with your clients is, is important as well. So any kind of communication degree, I think would, would be very beneficial as well. Good stuff. Um, back to your MMA clients. Have you ever had a situation where two of your clients have had to fight each other? And if so, how do you deal with that? <laughs> uh, it's happened twice in my career. And this po- that's probably combined the worst 30 minutes or the hardest 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it happened in 2013 when okay. Bobby Green fought Pat Healy. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Pat Healy, I think, was supposed to fight Jamie Varner. Uh, Varner uh, was injured. Um, Bobby Green was one of the only replacements possible. Uh, both clients knew the situation. They were okay with it. Um, you know, obviously it was very awkward and tough for me. Um, but you know, you know, after the fight, you know, both clients were very understanding and, and cool the situation. So that made things very easy for me. Uh, the second thing, the second time it happened was this, uh, last July, uh, Sean had called me. He needed to put another fight together on the international fight week card. Um, I had submitted my list of guys and, and, and uh, he had called me and said, Hey, you know, I want to put Cody Stamen and, and turn where together. That's right. And, and uh, you know, one part, I'm very happy. If any, you know, Taryn and Cody had worked so hard for that moment and I was so excited to tell them like, Hey, like, you know, you did it. We're going to go to the UFC. Um, at the other time it's really hard because they're fighting each other. Uh, both of them were super professional about the situation. They both understood you know that uh and both were actually very happy like man i'm in the ufc you did your job jay you know like don't worry about it you know it's not we know you're not intentionally trying to put us together 
Um, so, you know, I actually, you know, stayed in my hotel room during that fight. I just kind of want to watch the fight by myself and kind of process it by myself. And then, you know, I met up with both clients afterwards and, um, you know, everything worked out smoothly. So I was very happy. Not to sidetrack from the conversation here, but I just wanted to mention we got a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, Gegard Mousasi is going to be fighting Rory McDonald in San Jose on that September 29th Bellator card. What your, your reaction to that as a manager? Wow. That's, that's, that's going to be a big one. I, I really love watching both of those guys fight, and I think that's going to be a great super fight. That, that's awesome. That's a good job by Bellator. I'm sure that's going to be a, a, a barn burner. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So when you when you hear a fight like that, I mean, obviously, you know, your mind's starting to work, and you know, seeing if you can get some of your clients on there is that kind of the idea when you see a big card like that. You know, try and just get your fighters yeah. that exposure, right? Yeah, you're, you're you're always you're always working. Your your mind's always thinking, and I love it. I I I. I can't get enough of this sport. Like, honestly, like it's, it's a bad addiction for me. And I, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's, like you said, every day there's something like that. Like, Oh, wow, that's going to be great. Now I want to, you know, there's something more to work for to get clients on that card. And, I think it's great that there's so much MMA going on right now. Well, see, my, I work the same way. So if I see this fight announcement, my first thought is, okay, I got to start looking at this card and start booking interviews. It's the same yeah. way, you know, it's, it's yeah. that obsession and it's, it's, you know, it's good and it's bad. You know, I have to find that balance between, uh, you know, not, not checking my phone, you know, while I'm eating dinner or <laughs> while I'm feeding my son or something, you know, it's, it, it's tough, but you have to have that obsession, I think, to really thrive yes. in this industry. And, and it's gotta yeah. be, it's gotta be something you love. And I, I love every second of it. Like I love seeing stuff like this, like this. Is yeah. fight no, it's, right? so. it, it's, it's the way it has to be. <laughs> And this is a good segue here. Um, I know you have a fiance and I know that uh, she's uh, very supportive from just what I can tell on, you know, social media and her even coming to events with you. How have you navigated through that with, you know, all the traveling you have and, you know, going to events seems like she's very supportive and very cool about it. If she's coming to events with you a lot. Uh, She's amazing. You know, uh, I tell people she manages the manager, (laughs) (laughs) right? Uh, You know, one thing uh, it's been very difficult to have uh, an outside life outside MMA, Uh, you know, I feel, I always tell my clients, I feel like MMA is a jealous girlfriend. If you cheat on her, you don't give your, your full attention. She'll burn you really, really bad. So, yeah. um, the good thing with the lease is I, 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 that we did early on is I just kind of 
I didn't shy away from it. I threw her into the mix. You know, she, she knows all the clients. She knows their families. I bring her to the events. And uh, I think including her in this part of my life has not only helped us grow closer together, but I think it's given her a better understanding of what, what we're going and, you know, what we're doing. You know, and I think, you know, for us, we kind of share the same mentality. For me, I feel like you're put here on earth to serve and to give. And I think what we're doing is, is awesome. I have a great, I get good gratification at helping others achieve their dreams and serving them and trying to do what we can. So uh, she's of the same nature. So it works out perfectly. I mean, this past weekend, I can, or this past, I say weekend, but it's Tuesday. <laughs> this past yeah. Tuesday in Contender Series, you know, she, she comes all with me. She loves it. And, uh, you know, she's thoroughly just as excited as I am when our, when our clients find success. And, and, you know, she, she rides that emotional roller coaster of the highs and lows. One of the things I really like what you do, and I hear it from your clients all the time is, you know, the level of care that you give, um, you know, when it comes to the clients on a personal level, and you mentioned your fiance, like, I know that you guys will like go out for dinner with like your client. I saw on social media, you know, a while back, you went out for dinner with uh, Louis Smolka and his wife and your fiance yes. went out like, like that. How important is that as, as a manager, just to have that trust and have that personal relationship where it's not just a one phone call a week type yeah. thing. Hey, how's it going? Like, like how important is that? Uh, I think it's everything. I, I, I think it's it's everything. You're you're a part of someone's journey. You're you're a part of their legacy. You're a part of their life, you know. And uh, they're counting on you, and their family's counting you to to guide them properly in in the sport. And I I take great pride in that, and I take it very very seriously. So to have that bond and that relationship, I, I feel it's it, it means everything, and it makes all the success you experience in the sport, you know, and even the lows, it makes all of it worth it. Yeah, no, it, it, it uh, certainly is. Um, now let's uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, earlier we talked about mentors as far as early on. What about yeah. now? Is, is there anyone you still, uh, you know, sort of pick their brain? I imagine your dad's still a part of that. Yeah, my, my dad's a, hu- a huge part of it. You know, um, he's my best friend and I really, uh, I can't thank him enough. I think sometimes, uh, you know, I, it's good for me to slow down and give him a call and talk to him because uh, he'll remind me of those early days when we we're ironing logos on with a little home, you know, with a little iron in, in our house, you know, patching the shorts together. He kind of reminds you of those early days and that kind of centers you a little bit, keeps you, keeps you uh, humble and reminds you where you came from. You know, sometimes after a tough loss, you kind of get down on yourself and you have to remember like, you know, this is still, we still have come a long way in, in, in this, in nine years, you know, and he's always guiding me properly in how to handle client situations or, you know, promoter situations and, you know, for me, uh, I'm only 33. I'm constantly learning, constantly evolving. My cup's empty. I still have a lot to fill it with. And if I think I've known everything now, I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble. You know, the sport's constantly evolving. So I kind of turn to him a lot for advice. You know, Kaliyama is a huge, uh, you know, mentor toward me. So is Coach Casey Halstad uh, in Las Vegas. He's been a huge help. And, you know, Jiva Santana, I see him in the mornings. And he's, he's still a huge uh, mentor to me as well on, on the MMA side of things. Constantly picking their brains and trying to learn and grow. What would you say some of the challenges you have now are in terms of the landscape of the industry and, and you know, just everything else that, that you ha- had to deal with, in, that you deal with now on a regular basis? Uh, you know, I think the, the sport's constantly evolving and, and the new challenges that come, you, you have to take it as a, as a character building opportunity and time to grow. You know, I, you know, we constantly meet with, with, the, with our team on Mondays, you know, we're, we're excited for the challenges that may be, whether it be less shows, more shows, you know, whatever, whatever client injuries, whatever may come, you know, uh, we're, we're excited to handle it you know, to the best that we can. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you kind of have to be prepared for everything in, in this sport. And I know Ed's uh, been instrumental in bringing, uh, you know, a few of your clients on. Uh, I know yeah. a few in particular, uh, you know, Cody Stamen, Eric Anders. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, how how how, uh, how much of a bonus is that? Just not only having Ed doing the PR stuff, but also, you know, g- keeping an eye on the up-and-coming talent it, to bring it, a part it, of the it, team. It's funny you say this. Uh, he's brought in some, I mean, 
yes, they're clients, but he's brought in some amazing relationships to me, you know, and I, I, I'm forever grateful for that, that we get to be a part of people's journey in this, you know, you you mentioned Eric Anders, like, I'll never forget, like, (laughs) he hit me up, Ed hit me up, he's like, hey, you know, uh, there's this guy in Alabama, Eric Anders, you know, he's, you know, I've worked with him in the past, I think you should really take a look at him, I'm like, Ed, where did you find this guy, like, call him now, like, call him 10 minutes ago, like, let's, let's get on a call with him, and I remember talking with him and his coach, Chris Connolly, another amazing coach and great guy, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for the relationships that we've made, you know, through Ed and just through, through the industry in itself. That's great. Um, yeah. One, one, th- one thing we have to talk about, because I know it does happen from time to time. How do you deal with, uh, you know, other managers trying to poach clients? It's something, you know, we see, unfortunately, it, it happens. Um, how do you sort of, you're always professional, always a very nice guy. Yeah. But have you had to experience much of that in your career so far? It, it has happened in the past, you know. I think you you have to address it properly uh, with the other agency or, or manager. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to focus on what you can control and what you can't control. You know, in the day, if I start stressing about what ifs or should have, what it could have, that's not where it needs to be. You know, for us, um, you know, we need to focus on, on ourselves and being the best that we can be and, and take everything as a learning experience. You know, um, I think the, the key thing in management is being staying rational and level-headed, you know, especially with the fighters, you know, they're very emotional during fights or during low periods in their career. And they're, they're kind of looking towards you to be that rational mind and rational uh, person. So when things like that happen, you know, we, we meet as a team and we discuss it and we, we handle it accordingly. And uh, what would you say is, is one of the biggest mistakes you see managers make, uh, you know, in the, in the industry that you, that you notice that you're like, eh, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I, th- I think we, we all make mistakes. We're all human. I think the, the key to be successful in management is, is the, the keep evolving and keep growing. I think with the sport only being 25 years old, it, the landscape is, is changing probably faster than any other sport right now. Um, so for us, it's just to keep growing and keep learning. You know, I think uh, you have to be real and honest with yourself. One thing I love about Jeremy and Ed and Jacob is that uh, they hold me accountable and we hold each other accountable and we're able to, you know, instead of ignoring the mistakes, addressing them. And sometimes it's not an easy conversation or, or, you know, but you have to have it with each other and constantly grow and evolve because your, your clients are expecting you to keep growing. Like they're obviously growing and evolving in, the, in their game as well in their sport. You mentioned having, uh, you know, 78 clients around there, which is, which is a lot. Um, we've yeah. seen other management firms, uh, you know, have upwards to, you know, 200 clients. Uh, do, do you think at some point that, you know, that, that becomes a little bit too much? Is that something you'd, you'd ever want as, as a management agency that big? You know, it's different strokes for different folks, you know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know uh, their structure or how they're doing things, you know. Um, you know, I think if you grow up properly, I think that's possible. You know, you just kind of have to find that, maintain that balance and that communication with your clients and kind of see, you know, it's a constant analyzing effect, right? Kind of looking at your roster, kind of seeing where everything's at, you know, uh, if, you know, you get to a point where so many clients are booked in so many organizations, it, it'll allow you to kind of maybe bring some more clients on board, you know, uh, you know, you kind of have to, uh, you know, do checks and balances every week. You can never, you know, take a month off from that. You have to constantly look, okay, I think we can sign some more clients or, hey, maybe we need to, you know, focus on this more. You know, you constantly have to be analyzing yourself to make sure you're doing best for the client. We see a lot of managers as well uh, become in the forefront. Uh, you know, they're well-known, they're, you know, their personalities, uh, things of that nature. Um, unless people follow you on social media, you know, or there's probably some people that, that are watching uh, you right now and, and recognize yeah. you. But, you're not really known as like a figure. Do you like that? Do you like being sort of behind the scenes and with your clients or do you, would you hope eventually you do become a personality? Uh, you know, I, I really kind of just let it, let it play itself out. You know, for me, my main focus is, is the client. I understand I'm, I'm the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And, 
you know um you know other agents have you know gotten a lot of uh like public attention and you know they rightfully deserve it you know and uh for me i'm not i'm not really concerned about that for me it's, it's really just uh you know if that, that's going to be my time it will come you know if not you know i'm focused on my clients and doing what we need to do and we don't have to mention any names here obviously but uh, and i know this is more of an ed question but have you ever had any uh, journalists that you're just like ah and we're not we're not going to go with them anymore because they've you know either written something badly or taken some something out of context like i know that is stuff that you have to deal with and much like the management side of the industry like there isn't really yeah. any set standard on how to be a journalist uh, you know there's a lot of people covering the sport that don't have journalism degrees you know, uh, I kind of leave that to Ed a lot of times. Ed has yeah. a good sense of judgment and stuff. I, I really, um, I understand people make mistakes or sometimes they're going to write things that maybe aren't favorable to your client. You know, it's their opinion and stuff and you kind of really, really have to respect it. So I try to take it with a grain of salt. You know, I try not to take it, you know, too personal. And that can be tough sometimes, you know, after some, yeah. after some fights, it can be really tough to, to, you know, you're emotionally attached to that fighter. That, that's, that's your friend, your, your brother or, 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 you know, a female client too, you know, like it, it's tough, you know. And, uh, but you know, it is what it is. It's a good segment segue to my next question. I wanted to get your thoughts on Brent Primus. You know, I've interviewed Brent a bunch of times. He's a very nice guy. Uh, you know, say what you want about how he won the title in Bellator NYC, but he won yeah. the title and he's no, he's had injuries. Have you been disappointed in the way the media has covered that? Cause I, I've seen a lot of just, you know, um, you know, Michael Chandler interviews where he's basically, you know, saying that Brent's scared and that he doesn't want to fight him and all this stuff. And, and it seems like Brent isn't getting his voice heard too much. It's definitely, it's definitely frustrating. It's definitely frustrating. The only time we've ever said no to fighting Brent, uh, to fighting Michael Chandler, uh, was when I think they offered it like in October. And when his child they, was, when yeah. His, yeah. When his child was born and that would not have been possible. You know, if they've called us, we've said yes to everything. We said yes to last January. We said yes to when it was like March and April. And we said yes to June. Like we said yes all the time. Like there's, we've never turned down that fight. We want that fight. Um, you know, and I, you know, Brent's such a, a, a classy guy. I love him to death. You know, I've been with him for years now and he's, he's always been an amazing client and a consummate professional. And yeah, it definitely is frustrating at times because I see things out there that are, that are not true. And, uh, you know, I know the truth and he knows the truth and I, Bellator knows the truth. Good to hear. Uh, I mean, I should give it a couple more clients just to get some updates. Uh, what you can tell us, of course, because I know there's some stuff that's probably going on behind the scenes. Uh, Marvin Vittori, what's happening with him? I know he had that fight against Israel Adesanya, I should say, and it uh, you know didn't go his way. Are we going to see him uh, anytime soon? Uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the cage soon. You know, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be talking to Mick and kind of figuring that out. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. And uh, just two more here. Uh, Andre Feely, uh, any, anything in the works with him? He's coming off yes. that nice win over uh, Bermuda. Yeah, we're, we're really hoping to get Andre booked here in September. Um, I'm hoping to hear back from Sean shortly. You know, obviously Andre's coming off, you know, two impressive wins here. You know, I, I really think uh, this next one's going to be a real exciting, real sexy matchup. And uh, I'm excited to get him back in there. It's the most focused he, he's ever been, most dialed in. I, I really feel he's He's hitting into the peak of his career right now. I think the best Andre Feely is, is coming up for us. And uh, we talked about Brent Primus. Any update on him and when we could potentially see him back? Uh, Brent has just recovered from the knee injury that obviously, you know, forced us to pull out of the last one. Um, I mean, barring that we're able to get a, a full camp, we're, we're ready to go. So uh, we're just kind of waiting for Bellator to let us know. You know, we seem to get into a full camp. And, uh, you know, right now he's, he's working with his, with his grandfather to, to make money for the family. And as soon as Bellator lets us know that, you know, uh, we have a fight date, we're, we'll be able to jump into camp and, you know, split time between Gracie Barr in Portland and uh, Tim Oyama.
Louis Smolka has a fight this weekend, and I know uh, basically <laughs> what, what, what he told me was that, uh, you know, if he, if he wins this impressively and, you know, there's a possibility of them bringing him back to the UFC, um, you know, for, for him, uh, as far as him, you know, fighting in Hawaii, is, is it just a matter of, you know, just getting him fights as soon as possible and getting him back on that horse? Because one thing people I don't think give him credit for is the guys he fought in the UFC. I mean, they're all top guys, and I know they had to release him because, you, you know, you lose yeah. too many like that, you're going to get released. But, um, you know, how, how's, he, how's he doing overall? Lewis is doing great. I mean, Lewis is, Lewis is doing amazing. You know, obviously he spent a couple months living with me this year and really uh, had a lot of conversations during that time period and kind of figuring out, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of, you're kind of at a crossroads, right? You know, yeah. you, you're, you're at one point, you're top 10 in the UFC and the next, the next minute, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're released. So for us, it was definitely uh, a gut checking time for us. And, and I'm so proud of him. I think he's grown so much both inside the cage and outside the cage these past few months. Um, he's taking the best care of himself, you know, I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight on, on this weekend. And in fact, I'm actually <laughs> really nervous. I was telling, I was telling my fiance this morning, like, man, I really, part of me wants to fly out there just, you know, to, to be there. Cause I'm, I'm really antsy about this one. I really want to see him do well. And uh, I really want him to get a second chance at, at the UFC. And the other reason I brought him up is because uh, you've been very instrumental in, in helping him on a lot of different levels. You know, uh, Lewis has been very you know vocal about some of the uh, personal things he's been dealing with, you know, with alcoholism yeah. and stuff. And I know you've really, like you said, you got him to live with you. Um, you know, you, you, I know he's moving out to California. I think just this yes. fight was in, in Hawaii, so he had to take it. But, uh, you know, he's moving out there. You know, we, we talked about the personal relationships. Like, I don't think people realize the work you're doing behind the scenes for, for a guy like him who's clearly talented. But you're just you're just steering him in the right direction. Yeah, you know, uh I mean, now that you brought it up, when he, the first night he, he, he stayed with me at the house, you know, I woke up and there was like, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 beer cans in oh, the trash no. can. <laughs> right. And I, I lost my lid. I, I lost it. Like yeah. I, I woke him up and I said, bro, I counted. There's 13 beers in my cupboard. There's, there better be 13 beers when I come home every night. This is it. This is done. Uh, yeah. His wife, Yumi, is amazing. I, I cannot say enough great things about her. We had been on the phone. We both agreed enough's enough. And, uh, you know, we kind of told him, like, hey, this, this is it, Lewis. We're, we're going to do this the right way or we're not going to do it at all. You know what I mean? And uh, I give Lewis credit. He looked me in the eye and it was kind of, you know, I, so I told him, I was like, bro, I don't know why we're drinking. We're going to celebrate. There's nothing to celebrate here. You know, we're at a crossroads in our career right now. There's no reason to be having any alcohol whatsoever. And I, I give him so much credit. He has not touched a sip since then. I, I mean, I think it's, gosh, I mean, what, February, March, April, May. I mean, it's been, what, almost 150, 160 days since he last had a drink of alcohol. So I, I give him a credit because he took it to heart and he did it. And I got to be honest, at the time, you know, even my friends like, oh man, you're kind of going off on Lewis. And I'm like, babe, he's, he's a brother to me. I got to be honest with him. If I'm not doing him any favors, if I'm lying to him or ignoring the situation that's a, a, upon us right now, I need to address it head on. And those are tough conversations. You never know how they're going to receive it. But uh, I think, you know, Lewis and I's relationship is, is so close. He, he knew it came from a place of love and not like a place of, you know, negativity or, or putting him down in any way, shape or form. All right, we're going to wrap things up here quickly. And again, Jason, I, I thank you so much for joining me here. It's really uh, cool to get to hear your story and everything that you're doing here. Uh, what would you say your career highlight is so far? Was it getting that first fighter in the UFC? Or is there something else that stands out? Oh, man, there's been a lot of career highlights. I don't know if there could be any one. I think it's it's just being able to work with so many amazing people. Uh, you know, yes, they are great fighters inside the cage, but I just think the type of human beings they are outside the cage is just is just amazing. You know, 
I mean, I remember when Andre Feely gave that speech uh, this past October when, when, when he fought Lobov. I mean, his post-fight speech I thought was amazing, you know, just to work with such great people. Uh, I'm blessed. I, I, I love this. I love the sport. I love the athletes. And uh, I'm very lucky and I'm thankful for to the UFC and Bellator and all these promotions for, for giving us these opportunities. And what would be the, 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 you know, the, the all-time goal, like as far as, you know, what, what it is you want to achieve with the agency? Like if you could pick, if, if someone came to you right now and they said, you can have whatever you want with a management agency or whatever, what would that look like? You know, I think from a, from a result perspective, you know, I, I would love to take it a USC champ. You know, I think that's the goal is to, to build champions, you know, to, to win some titles. Uh, you know, from a, a personal standpoint, it's just to touch as many lives as possible. I, I really feel uh, your, your mark on this world. It doesn't really show until you're at your funeral and you see, you know, you see the people there and you, and you, and you see that what they say about you. And for me, I, I want to touch as many lives as possible. You know, I want I want to make a difference. I want to serve to give to others. I think that's why we're put here. And, uh, you know, I want to leave something that would make my future son or daughter proud, you know. I should say son. My, 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 my fiance thinks we're going to have a girl. I, I'm convinced we're having a boy, you know, somewhere down the road. But whatever it may be, I, I want to leave them proud. Yeah, we, uh, we thought we were going to have a girl and we had a boy. But uh, it's, it's been a blessing. Really it's want a boy. <laughs> yeah, it's well, that, that's the best part is like, you know, I'm yeah. Canadian. We're, we're, I'm definitely getting him in hockey. And uh, nice. we're, we're going nice. to we, we got to get him in the sport uh, yeah. as, as early as we can. And, and, uh, and if I add it to that real quick, I mean, yeah. I, I just think, uh, you know, my, my, my mom and dad, they made a lot of sacrifices, you know, uh, along the way. And uh, I just don't want, I just don't want that to be in vain. You know, I want, I want them to be paid uh, to be worth it. I want them to be proud of me, you know? So my, 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 my mom and dad, they raised over 25 foster kids growing up, you know, my mom's a waitress. My, my dad is a retired cop. So they've been into like serving others and giving to others. I think it's just kind of a family mantra for lack of a better term, you know? One thing I forgot to ask you, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, when the Reebok deal came into the UFC, how did you navigate with your clients as far as getting sponsors and everything else? Because I know that really changed the game. Yeah, you know, I feel like at that time, it, there's a, people were complaining and upset. And for me, it's like, I just realized my clients are not looking at me to complain. They're looking for me to, 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 to problem solve, to find resolutions, to find solutions, you know. And so we just found ways to get creative to work, to work those deals out with the, with the companies that are supporting them. And, you know, whether it be changing it to a social media based campaign or outside the cage campaign, wherever it may be, you know, um, we're able to keep a lot of those deals alive and, you know, kind of make the necessary adjustments for, for our athletes. And what do you see the future of management in this industry? I, I guess a lot of it depends on, you know, the success of the UFC and it's sort of a domino effect from there. I mean, we hope Bellator can, you know, one day get to, you know, that same level where it's, you know, close to the UFC, but I guess you, it's a wait and see approach. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a wait and see approach. I think it's just the, the cons. Like I said, you got to constantly evaluate yourself and keep growing. You know, I, I think the sport hasn't even reached what it could be. You know, I still think the UFC is, is doing a great job of kind of being the four leader and growing the sport. And I think as long as from the management side that we keep evolving and keep adapting to our clients' needs and, and to what the industry needs are, I think we'll be okay and be successful. Do you ever take any time off? Uh, like turn your phone off, actually? Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay so I, I, I took my father-in-law. Like he, he never – he is the, one of the hardest workers I know. Uh, we finally convinced him to take his first vacation like in 30 years to go to Cabo at this last Sorry, did I lose you there? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Okay. We're still got you. Um, I, I convinced him to come to Cabo with my family, so I took a week off. But I say I took a week off, but I mean, like, I was down there, and that's when I booked, like, Cody Stamen and, and Taryn Ware's fight. So, I mean, I was still working, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I remember trying to find reception on the Cabo Beach, like, trying to talk to Sean to get it done. But, um, 
yeah, I take time off here and there, you know, I think it's good to kind of recharge the batteries, but like I said, I, I love it. I don't think this is work. Like I'm, I'm excited. So how do you plan a wedding while you have all this stuff going on? Or do you leave that to your fiance? Um, actually, I'm actually, I think she would be actually proud of how much I'm helping with her. You know, we chose a date that there it's a dead week. There's no UFC that weekend. So the majority of my clientele can, can be there. You know, I think there's a lot of people that have, uh, been a part of our relationship. I mean, Cheeto Vera is going to be our, our, our minister. Uh, he's going to be oh, the one cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not many people know this, but when Cheeto moved to the States, he originally with me for the first couple of months. So I had met her when he first moved here. I don't want to leave him home alone. So he was a part of our, a lot of our first dates. <laughs> okay, cool. He's actually a, a big part of our relationship. So I, I'm just real excited uh, to, to get married and have all of the, our loved ones there. I have never met a nicer guy than Chito Vera. That guy's heart's full of gold. He's uh, he's just such a nice guy. And I think it reflects on your agency as well, too, just you know, the type of fighters you get. He's never had a bad day. I, I learn something from him every, every week. And uh, I'm really blessed to have him in my life. His daughter goes into surgery tomorrow, and I'm I'm so excited for him. I know him and his family and his wife have worked so hard for this. And uh, man, it's just it's just amazing to think how far he has come in two years since he moved to, to the states. I'm, I'm I can never say enough good things about him. How did you find him as far as getting him as a client? <laughs> so it's a funny story. Uh, Jeremy flew into Albuquerque for the LFA. Okay, it might have been an RFA back then. Maybe it was an RFA back then. I okay, you the Gomez fighting that night. And uh, our client, Joby, our one and only Sanchez, uh, picked, picked up Jeremy in the airport. And at the time, Cheeto was in the car. So Jeremy and Cheeto get, get kind of the talking. And Cheeto had lost all of his luggage when he flew to Jackson as a train. Oh, no. And so I think at one point he had asked Jeremy, like, hey, like, what, what, is, the, what is the manager doing? And he'd be like, well, a manager would give you some clothes. And they all kind of started laughing. And the relationship kind of grew from there. And, you know, he, he ended up signing with us a couple months later. And. The rest is history. You know, he, he's, he's a huge part of our agency, and I'm, I'm very blessed to, to have Colm a friend and a brother and a client. Last question for you here. Anyone watching this that wants to do what you do, what is the best advice you could give them? Oh, the best advice I would give them? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I asked the tough questions, Jason. I can't get yeah, you, I can't I let know, you off easy. I, you know, it's, I, I think if you're to break it down to a, a few principles is to always communicate with your client. You can never over-communicate with your client to always under promise and over deliver. I think sometimes you kind of, you might tend to over promise early in your career because you're excited and you want to do well for your client and to, uh, to be resilient. You know, this industry's tough. It's going to, it's going to be some highs and some lows. I'd be lying to you if there wasn't a couple phone calls to my dad when I was on the road, flat broke telling him, Hey man, maybe it's time I go back to the law firm. And you know, if he wasn't there to guide me and push me to keep doing it, you know? So I think, and also I guess we're saying that maybe have a good mentor to kind of, to guide you can you know sometimes you're so much in the moment and so much involved in a situation you, you need someone to kind of outside the scope to kind of give you a better understanding of the landscape and what you're going through jason this was awesome i could have done another hour easily just hearing some stories <laughs> about uh, your clients and everything else uh you know keep up Thank the you. great work again i say this a lot uh you know i tell ed this a lot too but it is so good working with your management agency you guys are you know oh, really you. first class and uh it, it really like i owe a lot of my career to you know not only ed but yourself just for getting the access and getting to talk to these great fighters so i'm happy Bro, you're, you're killing it man i see you everywhere it, yeah awesome. you know just, it's awesome just, to see people just, come up come up so fast like that well, that's what's Amazing. cool is, you know, Ed and I kind of started uh, at the same time, like as far as, you know, moving up. So we're kind of doing this together, which is, uh, which is great. And uh, yeah, again, can't, can't thank you enough. But uh, in the meantime, uh, where can people get a hold of you on social media uh, and, and anything you want to plug, any clients you got, uh, fights coming up, anything you want to, you know, mention, by all means, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, if you want to reach us on social media, my uh, handle is Iridium Sports. Uh, the agency's handle is Iridium Sports Agency. 
Um, you know, we have Rakeem Cleveland fighting tonight for the PFL. So I'm really excited to watch him and do, and do work there. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I know we have, you know, Louis Smoka and Martin Day and Edward uh, Thomas fighting this weekend in Hawaii. We've got Jake Heffernan fighting in LFA. I mean, we've got a very busy week of fights. And uh, we have Jared Gooden. He's fighting this weekend as well. So I'm, I'm just very excited for our guys and for our team. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I will be back next week with this show, the MMA Industry Podcast. So be sure to keep an eye on my Twitter of when that uh, will be in the time and everything like that. And you guys can always follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. It's the best place to find all of my interviews. So for myself and Jason House, you guys have a good weekend. Thank you so much for watching. Okay, awesome. All right. We are... Oh. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.